Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today we are talking about how to fall in love with the Bible. All right, guys, it's a new year. It's 2020. I feel like this episode should have launched last week on New Year's Day. But hey, you know what? We can only be the best planners that we can be. Um, so uh, we want to talk about, yeah, the Bible and falling in love with God's Word. But before we get started, a couple things. One is if you're just a new listener to the show, welcome. If you're a regular listener to the show and you haven't left a review yet, I mean, I think 4,500 people have, but if you haven't left a review, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge deal. The, the way that the algorithm works for iTunes is that the amount of reviews that a, a show has really increases the exposure of the show. And so it's a great way to do that. We also read the reviews. You don't even need to write anything. You can just tap the stars, uh, make it really simple for you. Um, the other thing we want to talk about is ultimate marriage. So it's a new year. And a lot of couples are enrolling in the Ultimate Marriage Program to have a biblical marriage. And it's a six-week program. Veronica and I kind of co-teach. I, te- I do the majority of it. But, um, but Veronica is present. Yeah, I'm there in a few. And yeah. it comes with, like, um, what is it called? Marriage Challenge Checklist, um, questions to go over with your spouse. You can do it just you and your spouse, or you can also do it um, as a group. Yeah, you can do a small group. So if there's three or four couples that want to get together and do that, it's a really great program. If you want to build a biblical marriage in 2020, um, consider checking it out. Just go to ultimatemarriage.com. And it's also, all that money goes to our ministry. So it's it's a, a companion ministry of Relearn Church. And so just wanted to let you know that that's a thing. Um, okay, so if you haven't noticed, there's a large portion of the Western church that is biblically and doctrinally illiterate. Yeah, I've heard you say the quote many times in the show um, that only 11% of church-going Christians have read the entire Bible. And for a very long time, I was actually one of them um, until last year. It was actually a little bit longer than last year, about a year and a half ago. Um, I had heard that statistic several times before, and I was convicted by it, but I was also intimidated by it. You see the entire Bible and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'll get to that eventually. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, but at the same time, I think right around the time I started hearing that statistic, um, really good friend and mentor of mine, Lisa Jacobson over at Club 31 Women and Faithful Life Podcast, um, she had actually challenged a smaller group of, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 of us ladies um, to read through the Bible in a year. And so hearing that stat and then on top of her challenge to this woman I highly respect and love uh, challenged me to read the Bible, I was like, okay, you know, 
if not now, or if not, you know, later, like, just do it now, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I started reading it. And, you know, it, I was, my goal was a year, but it took me probably closer to a year and a half because that's when we've had, you know, a lot of trials, trials and sicknesses and things like that. So there were definitely several weeks where I just took a break. Um, but I did complete it, I don't know, probably a month ago, month and a month and a half ago, yeah. a month ago. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. Yeah. So she's, I have a wife who has finished reading the entire Bible and, you know, she's obviously read several other books multiple times, but it was really cool just to see that you got that done. Yeah, and then there was also times during that year and a half season where I was not going off of my plan. I was just like, I just want to read this because this is what's giving me life right now, even though I've already read it yep. or whatever it is. Yeah, there's some flexibility in your plan. Um, and I, during the show, there will be an ad uh, in the middle of the show that will talk about our Bible reading plan that you can download. Um, but it's not just reading, right? That's an, that's one part of it. Um Reading it, I think, is the first step. Uh, understanding it is kind of an additional step. And, you know, really grasping Christian doctrine and theology so that we're not deceived by the counterfeit Christian movements that are emerging all around us. Yeah, if you haven't seen this documentary yet, I'd recommend you go to Amazon Prime or Vimeo On Demand and watch this documentary. It's called American Gospel, and there's also a second part of um there's, you know, the first documentary is American Gospel. The second one is, um, I think it's American Gospel, Christ Crucified. I yeah. think that's the subtitle. Um, and we really enjoyed it. Um, you know, there's some things in there that we don't necessarily, you know, we're not like 100% for every single thing that they say. Yeah. Um, but we definitely, I would say, agree with most of it. Yeah. Um, and it was just really good, eye-opening. Um, it actually gets me, like, kind of fired up and, like, angry at satan when i watch it because i'm like all these people are being deceived um there's a lot of deception in the church yeah and so um we also did an episode uh titled why all christians should delight in doctrine and theology it's episode number 60 if you would like to go back and listen to that one later yeah and those documentaries they're good um they're really great um just resources, um, you know, and, and I actually got to build a little bit of a relationship with the director, Brandon Kimber, uh, of those documentaries, and he put a lot of work into it. And oh, for sure. You can tell. I mean, yeah. The second one's, I think, I mean, three I hours think, long. I think they're both about three hours long. The first one's yeah. maybe two and a half hours. The second one's three hours long. So th they're long documentaries, but they're really, really good, really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, good. And that's episode number 60 that Veronica talked about, about our Doctrine of Theology episode. So I want to start with a question. Um, what do we want to be marked as uh, or marked by as Christians? Like, what, what do we want to be known for? Um, do, do you want to be known for your ordered family or your really healthy marriage? Sure, that's a good thing to be known for. Uh, do you want to be known as people who are responsible with their money and, and not buried in debt? Um, absolutely, that's definitely something that we want to be known for. Um, do you want others to know that you love people and that you're uh, gentle or compassionate or, or generous, um, definitely. That's definitely something that is a huge mark of a Christian. But I, I guess a follow-up question is that what is the source of ordered families, ordered finances, and love and relationships and being generous? Um, the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Jesus? God, yeah, right? God. God is the source of these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we can pursue in 2020, and then there's a lot of things that we should pursue in 2020. Um, but I think as humans, we have a habit of putting things um, in the wrong order. 
or, or out of order. And um, I, I watch Christians all the time. They pursue marriage training. They, they buy, um, you know, millions of dollars in, you know, Christian parenting books. Um, they enroll in Dave Ramsey's, you know, curriculum for straightening out their finances. They listen to thousands of podcasts, uh, sermons. They watch documentaries. And why? Uh, well, because these things are helpful. Like they're, yeah, they're all good things. They're all good things. They're useful. They're helpful in the Christian life. Um, and, and they're good for us. And so I'm not bashing those things. Uh, but too often we pursue the fruit of the Christian life and often forget the tree. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's one of those things that you go, I just really want this really great, you know, parenting situation going on over here, or a really great marriage. Um, but we forget, again, the source of that fruit is not the, the fruit itself or the, the branch even. It's, it's this, the, it's the tree. It's God himself. Hey, Dale Partridge here. I recently heard a disturbing statistic. Only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Now, we can't wonder why the church is being influenced by the culture more than the culture is being influenced by the church. The vast majority of Christians don't know God's word because they've never read it. We cannot live out what we do not understand. So Veronica and I want to challenge you right now to read the Bible in one year. We've put together a basic 365-day reading plan that'll take you no longer than 20 minutes per day, and you can download it for free at relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. You know, we, we immerse ourselves in the knowledge about the Bible, but we don't immerse ourselves in the Bible. And this is a very common thing. I'm going to say that again. We immerse ourselves in knowledge about the Bible, but we don't immerse ourselves in the Bible. And we, we kind of pursue the logic of God, but we forget the logos of God, um, which is the word, word of God, which is Jesus, right? And so I want to ask you a question. Actually, I'm going, to want you, I'm going to have you ask yourself this question, is am I reading or listening to teachings about the Bible more than I'm reading the Bible itself. Mm. And so if that's the case, um, I want to share a story that might motivate you. Um, when we were at, you know, so we planted a church, uh, I guess almost, April will be two years. Um, and, but prior to that, we were at a home fellowship. We plant house churches. And we had a magnificently blessed season of our faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, over at the previous fellowship that we're at. Not that we're not magnificently blessed now, but there was a lot of sowing. I'd say that season was an acceleration in our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and it was, there were, there was people pouring into us, mm-hmm. and now we're the people pouring into others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, this season was so blessed, and you want to know why. Um, it's because it was a church filled with men and women who loved the word of God. And, and I'm, I'm not using that as a light statement. I'm talking infatuated. Um, like it's all that they talked about. We were a group of people uh, righteously obsessed with scripture. Yeah, I remember um, we would have, you know, date nights or get together with friends over at someone's house, um, multiple couples pretty much weekly. Um, and, you know, it would 
we'd, we'd get there and almost immediately you guys would have these intense and really fascinating discussions about theology until, you know, who knows what hour, 11 o'clock at night or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know you and Aaron Smith specifically or Jeremy Roloff, when you guys would get together, you guys would just end up going, you know, sitting in a corner, you and all these guys and just having these deep, deep, fruitful, fun, sometimes, you know, challenging, uh, challenging conversations um, all on theology and you know, just last night we're at a New Year's Eve party and I'm sitting down and one of the ladies, come, I was sitting down talking to um, a young woman who just gave birth to her first baby and another woman came and sat next to me and she goes, oh, of course, and kind of like points at you and her husband and the guys and I was like, oh yeah, every, every single time, like guaranteed they're going to be having these deep conversations <laughs> on theology. Um, and it's fun. Like, I mean, I don't, we're, I'm so used to it. I don't, even think twice about it anymore um and the ladies too um we weren't just having small talk um we would be talking generally about biblical parenting or homeschooling hospitality um and we had some really great older bible loving women that would just continue to pour into us um and so our time together was great fellowship um challenging one another also, you know, spurring one another on, giving advice and tips, biblical advice and tips on on parenting or those, you know, different things, hospitality, whatever I just mentioned. Um, and these women that these aren't untrained women. These are women that labored and loved the word of God and genuinely enjoyed the scriptures and genuinely would fulfill their calling as uh, Titus 2 tells them to do to yeah. teach the younger women to love their husbands love their wives or love their not their wives love their husbands love their children yeah there we go <laughs> um be keepers of the home whatever it was um and they took that seriously and just a side note if you're an older woman listening to this podcast if that's you it's such a blessing to pour into the mm-hmm. younger women the younger women especially in this generation really need it yeah so if you are an older woman um who loves the word of god i would just encourage you to just make it known that you're willing and you will have women knocking at your door. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's basically, you know, at least our experience. I would always tell the o- older women, I was like, if I could just be a fly on the wall, just if I could just like live in your house for a week, just so I could watch how you do life, <laughs> like I would it. do that. Don't put that <laughs> offer on the table because I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, the fruitfulness the the of this fellowship that we were a part of and the fruitfulness of the fellowship that we have now as we're raising up and growing a new flock of God's people who are younger in the journey, um, uh, but will one day have the same experience. Um, We're cultivating a love for God's word and a love of God. Um, And and it 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 results in those fruits that we talked about before. And so Charles Spurgeon in relationship to the Puritans, uh, who, again, were a group of people that were very obsessed with Scripture in a righteous way. Uh, he said, if you cut a Puritan with a sword, they would bleed bibbling. <laughs> the idea that it would be like Bible blood. And and that's kind of what I'm talking about there, is that I'm, you know, I'm not talking about culture, Christ, cultural Christianity. Um, I, I'm, I'm not talking about churchianity either. Uh, I'm talking about biblical, devout, heartfelt, a reverent Christianity, this authentic, genuine, nobody's watching me and nobody's going to know about this and I'm still going to get in the word and go to the deep end of the pool with the Lord. That type of just hunger 
and homesickness. Yeah, God needs to be your source for functioning, almost. Your source for living, your source for getting through your day. Even if you're having a really great season of life, having God at the center and being the source and going to the foot of the cross every single day, spending time with the Lord, um, he has to be your source to get through a godly biblical Christian life. And those other things are the fruits that come from that. Yes. We don't chase the fruit without with neglecting the tree, basically. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just for pastors either. People kind of think, I don't, I'm telling you, churchianity has taught us a lot. Um, it's taught us a lot that's wrong. It, it implies that there's a different set of expectations for devotion for pastors than there are for the average Christian. I think there's a different set of expectations for maybe biblical theological knowledge in terms of a uh, being able to correct false doctrine, and, you know, things that you see in the qualifications for an elder. However, the, 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 the standard for devotion, the standard for integrity, character, the standard for um, knowing and loving God's word, I think is universal to all Christians. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all, or with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so... Um, I, I just say, if you're not a pastor, it doesn't mean that you don't get to labor in the word, you know, if you could, you know, an hour a day. Um, if you can't, then you do what you do. And, and you might be a mom in a season with three little kids and you might only get 15 minutes and five of it is when you're going to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that happens. What are you doing in there? Read in the Bible, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, little Jesus. fingers under the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Jesus tells us in Matthew 4, 4, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that means that prioritizing sermons and devotionals and prayer books and theology podcasts above the word of God is an incorrect posture for the Christian. And just this quick side note really quick. This just makes me think about the persecuted church. And all of these people in these countries who don't have Bibles, where it's illegal to have Bibles, you're not allowed to. And the the underground believers over there who are, they, they would they so desperately hunger for the word of God. I just got done reading a book and this woman in this book, she was a Muslim and she would, she was hiding and like going secretively begging this Christian man in her country to read his Bible. And every day she would leave 20 minutes early and go to his work and just sit in the corner and just read. And she's just like, I just had this hunger. I was ravenous for the word of God and I put it away and give it back to him and then go home and just like recite the scriptures. Like she had so much scripture memorized Yep, because, because you she just had this hunger for and it. And you can't carry a Bible around with you. So you have to have these things memorized and people will in the, um, in the underground church, they will take a, a page of the Bible and they'll fold it up and keep it in their pocket. Yeah, and she had just mentioned um, later on in the book that um, she now lives in America. And she's like, it's so it's so interesting being in America. She goes, because everyone here has the freedom to read their Bible and the freedom to go to church, but they don't. Mm-hmm. But they don't do it. And I was like, dang. That There's was so really much complacency. Yeah. What was the name of that book? Defying Jihad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so again, it's okay to listen to sermons. It's okay to listen to podcasts. Just make sure that you're not prior prioritizing those above the Word of God. I know it's easy to listen to a podcast. You can also listen to the audio Bible. That's a thing, too. Um, you I've been doing that a lot lately, actually. Yeah, I actually heard you today doing that. And um, and why? Why do we need to read the Word of God uh, and, and, and prioritize the Word of God over sermons? Um, and I'm going to use the phrase that... that 
the guy that discipled me, Matt Jacobson, uh, he said, we can't know our Bible by simply allowing somebody else to tell us what's in it. Okay? We can't know our Bible by, by simply allowing somebody else to tell us what's in it. And that means, um, you know, you don't want to have your understanding of biblical knowledge from somebody else because it might be wrong. Um, and so you want to have your own biblical knowledge that you can measure against what they're saying so that you can discern if they're teaching false doctrine or not. First uh, John chapter 4, uh, verse 1 says, Beloved, test the spirits to see if they are of God. And you, what do you test them against? Well, you test them against the word of God. And so this means that we, as Christians, in 2020, need to develop an appetite for the Word of God and not just for books and media about the Word of God. Yeah, so I'll give you an example from our own life. Um, so, for example, when our, when our kids get sick, we tend to let them watch more movies than mm. we generally would. Because mm. we've got three little kids, they're all sick, snowing or cold outside, can't really do much. Um, and after, you know, about a week of watching movies or TV, it's obvious that we've nurtured um, a and uh, an appetite and a hunger for yeah. a TV and movies. Um, that same result occurs when you dedicate yourself to reading and studying Scripture every day. Yeah. Um, you build an appetite for it by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You begin to crave more and more Scripture. Yeah, and it, it it's maybe not as easy as like uh you know because the flesh likes TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the spirit actually, if you walk in the in the spirit, you're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. And actually, by doing, we understand. And there's this there. It is very true. Is that the more I jump into scripture, the more I want more scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, because well, it it becomes more and more fascinating, and it's it's a living word of God, and you're like, well, this is connected to this and that, and so you yes. you almost like want to keep reading it to put more and more of the puzzle together. Yeah, and what's happening is that you're you're putting together a mosaic, and this is what the Lord is doing actually is that every time you 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 read the word of God, you start to make this connection, this constellation of connections, and and this mosaic of seeing the grand picture of theology and the gospel and you start to go oh wow look wow i'm, I'm starting to understand this i oh wow i, I didn't realize that the deuteronomy was connected to this idea and and look that the gospel look jesus is represented in the old testament here and and wow paul was actually saying something that that um that connects with what david said and and you start having these really beautiful revelations mm-hmm. and you realize that man this book is amazing and and why um is it amazing? Because it's it's unlike any other book. It's it's not a book. It's it's a living book. It's a, it's the Holy Bible. Um, uh, Hebrews four twelve says, "For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart." And so, the word of God has power. Um, and if reading it doesn't cause you to crave more of it, then either you're not um, seeking to understand it, meaning that you're just kind of glossing and not caring, um, or you're not allowing it access to your heart. You're, you're reading it almost in a discipline and not out of a relationship. Hey, Dale Partridge here. 
We hope this podcast has been a blessing to your walk with God. For those that don't know, Real Christianity is an audio ministry under our nonprofit, relearnchurch.org. I'm telling you this because we're a listener-supported podcast. It takes a small team, a serious amount of equipment, and several hours per week to keep this show going. I share this because Veronica and I want to grow the reach of this show so that it might help even more Christians mature in their understanding of God's Word. So if you're a regular listener to this podcast, would you consider supporting us in this ministry effort? We're not asking for much, maybe $10, $20, or $25 per month. I promise you that your support will help us continue to get God's truth out, to strengthen the body of Christ, and to further the gospel. If you feel led to make a donation, simply go to relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for your consideration. And so the only proper response of the reading of God's word is to want more of God's word. And your flesh is not going to love this, okay? There's, there's nothing in your flesh that's going to go, man, I am excited to read the Word of God, because the Word of God is part of the instrument that kills your flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, so don't be shocked. When Probably you're, more when you're first starting out. Yeah, so don't be, don't be shocked when your flesh, your spirit will crave it. But your flesh might go, oh, I don't want to read. Um, Galatians says that the the spirit, that the, um, the, the, the the desires of the spirit war against the flesh and the desires of the flesh war against the spirit. The two are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things that you wish. Um, and so just realize that and don't be shocked when your flesh doesn't want to do a spiritual thing. Um, and so uh, if you don't currently want the word of God, and I, I mean like thirst for it, long for it, yearn for it, um, you should want to diagnose why. Um, and I remember being there. I remember not having that desire and not having that appetite for the Word of God. Um, I remember that all I would do is read my daily scripture on the Bible app. That was my my quiet time, is prayer in the car and reading the daily scripture for the day. That was how f- how low I had gone on the totem pole of of having a relationship with God's Word. And... Um, I remember asking, why can I be content with a little bit of the Bible? Um, why, why can I go days without hearing from the Word of God? Um, why don't I prioritize or pursue the Scriptures more? Well, if you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. I mean, that's just a basic thing. The difficulty of obedience doesn't change the duty of obedience, right? Um, we're called to, uh, we're called to pursue Scripture. Um, and, and that's uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Um, be diligent to show yourself to prove to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're called to this. But I remember the breakthrough as well. I remember the breakthrough. I actually remember calling Matt and telling him something happened. I finally am getting to a point where I read the word of God and it makes sense. I'm not saying that I understand the whole thing. I'm not saying that I could even write commentaries and all these things. But all of a sudden, something happened after several months, maybe even a year of deep pursuit of the Word of God. I just, it started to make sense. The, the mosaic came together at such a level that I was kind of the momentum started happening and started moving forward and everything started to click. 
Yeah, so um, we're talking about falling in love with the Word of God today. Um, but you had made an important important point prior uh, to the show that I want you to share, um, which is, is the goal really to fall in love with the Bible? Yeah, so this is a good question. And no, that's not the goal, is to fall in love with the Bible. Um, we're not coming to the Bible to simply know the Bible. There are literally atheists that do this. Mm-hmm. They come mm-hmm. to the Bible to know the Bible. We're coming to the Bible to know God. And we're not bibliologists. That's a thing. Okay, we're, we're Christians. And God has revealed himself through the written word of God. And the purpose of life is to know God and make him known. That's the purpose of life. If you don't know that, write it down. The purpose of life is to know God and make him known. And so we're coming to the Bible because it's our central way to become familiar with our creator. And we cannot fulfill our purpose of making him known if we do not know him. And so this is why we were made, to to know God. And by knowing God, you will know yourself and you're going to know the world that you live in. And so it's a really great, um, it's an important part of, um, the Bible's not, the Bible is the means to the end. And we're called to know scripture too. But it's not the goal is to, know the Bible. The, no, the goal is to know God, but you do that through the lens of the Bible. Uh, we're using some Spurgeon quotes today, so I'm going to jump on another Spurgeon quote. I love how poetic he is. He said, some people like to read many chapters a day. I would not dissuade them from that practice, but I would rather lay my soul a soak in a half dozen verses all day than rinse my hand in several chapters. Oh, to be bathed in a text of scripture and to let it be sucked up into your very soul until it saturates your heart. Set your heart upon God's word. Let your whole nature be plunged into it as a cloth into a bucket of red dye. I just love that. You just think about that. Oh, just letting it soak in every part of your body. I did that with John chapter 3 a couple days ago. Um, secondly, we're also not coming to the Bible as a duty. It's It is, I should say, as mere duty because we are called to do it, but it's not, we don't want to make this just something that we're doing because we're commanded to do it. We're coming to the Bible because we love God. And I'll give you an example. Um, We don't read love letters from our spouse because of duty. Um, We read them because of our love and infatuation for them. Okay, imagine like if you got, if you're like, you know, a fiance and you're getting married and your fiance sending you love letters like every day and you don't want to read them. Like that's, that's like you're going, oh, I got to go read this stinking love letter. That's not the right posture to have. You'd go, okay, something. You shouldn't be getting married. Yes, you shouldn't be getting married. Something's up here. You don't love this person. Um, and so. Yeah, basically, a Christian who doesn't crave the written word is like the young man who doesn't enjoy reading the love letters of his fiance. And so A.W. Tozer said a great quote. He says, to have found God and still pursue him is true love. I think you said this before. Um, You don't want this to be about behavior modification. You want this to be about spiritual regeneration, Um, meaning we're not 
um, hoping that you can form some type of new Bible reading habit in 2020. Um, sure, there's discipline required for all parts of the Christian life, especially when you're just starting out. Um, but what we're talking about here is about getting before God daily, rededicating yourself to him and begging him through the power of the Holy Spirit to implant a hunger within you for the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and let, let him be the author of that. Yeah. And um, we want God yeah, to be the driver there. Mm-hmm. Um, we want him to fill you with the Holy Spirit and illuminate the scriptures for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is really important is that, you know, our, our challenge to you is yes, to get before God and do that. And, and I would say even right now, um, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, maybe right now at the end of this podcast, um, I would say go, if you can, spend 15 minutes in a quiet room, dead quiet. Veronica actually reads her Bible most days in her closet, literally in her closet. And um, War room style, baby. Yeah, yeah, war room style, exactly. So <laughs> What you need to do is is find a quiet place, lock the door, and um, lay on your face. The the word worship means prostrate. That means to be laying face down. And so, like if you were to see God, you wouldn't be standing. I promise you that. Uh, You'd fall to your face very quick. Lay on the floor, and um, and pray that God can take you to this deeper place. Pray that God would reveal himself to you in a new way. Pray that the Lord will implant that hunger for the word of God in you so that you can pursue. And, um, and you want to have this kind of in- unquenchable desire to know him. That, that's what, I'm, what we're asking you to pray with. So I'm going to close um, with Psalm 1. It's a really great psalm. And um, there's a really important verse in there that I'll highlight. Uh, but again, we just challenge you to get before the Word or to get before the Lord in prayer uh, about the Word because it really is the beginning, the source of all that other fruit that you do want in your life. And so I'm going to read Psalm 1. Uh, it's very short. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And that word man is anthropos. Um, actually, it's, this is in the Hebrew, so it's going to be in the Hebrew word. It, it doesn't mean just Uh, men, it's men and women. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So that's his delight. And in his law, God's law, he meditates day and day and night. Just think about that. You're just thinking about it all the time. It's soaking up all the time. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. So, you know, seasons come and and they sometimes take some time to grow some fruit. Um, Whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly, however, are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So hopefully that was helpful, guys. We thank you for joining us today on the Real Christianity Podcast. If you guys haven't and would like to, leave a review. Those reviews, actually, uh, when you write out a review, you don't have to. You can just tap the stars. But if you actually write something, um, they're really helpful 
we actually collect some of those and use them um, to share with our donors that support our ministry um, because it's really motivating to see what the Lord's doing through the show in your life. So um, feel free to write something uh, even extensive if you'd like to, and we would love to read it. Um, on that note, we will see you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry, and if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.